you doing? I'm good, man. I had a good, relaxing week. It's fishing. At the same uh, same house we went to for March Madness, right? It was great, man. You want to know one of the bummers, though? That your dad caught a huge fish, and you and you and you probably caught a bunch of little fish. Well, he, my dad caught thirty or forty fish by himself. Did he really? Oh, uh, most of them were like really tiny, but then he caught that one that was massive. That, that picture you posted that looked massive. Dude, it was huge. We were guessing the weight on it, and a lot of people were guessing like eight pounds, ten pounds, twelve pounds. It was five, but it was Is still huge. Now? Yeah. Oh dang! It was still really big. Yeah, it kind of made me upset that I didn't even get a nibble when I went fishing in that exact same spot, and then he's ripping out this massive catfish. Dude, he, it was so impressive. What were y'all uh, fishing with to catch that? Uh, man, we fished with everything. We fished with worms. What He caught it on a worm. We fished with chicken liver. Um, we fished with some of the organs from another fish. We fished with the dead Another snake. fish that y'all caught? Yeah, they'll be clean. Yep, a dead snake that you caught. Uh, somebody, the people working on the house killed it, oh. and we. Uh, but they were doing construction. The, they're building onto that deck, and they were doing construction the whole time we were there. Like the deck at the house. Yeah. Oh, how are they building onto it? That deck's already pretty massive. Yeah, they're, that whole side area, like where the fire pit and all that was, they're building onto it. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that was good, and then on the drive home. My dad just got real sick, like real sick. Like I, I haven't seen him like that in a long time, and I thought it was really bad. And we drove straight to the emergency room. And he's got a kidney stone. Yeah, those are the worst. One of my my second kidney stone, I had it. So I was going with my parents to Colorado, and it was like the infancy of my the second kidney stone. And on the way back, probably like five days later, is real bad, and we're having to stop like every hour or so and I was spending probably like an hour in the bathroom just trying to get something out to help the pain. Oh man. It was it was the longest drive home from Colorado ever because kidney stones do not feel good. And then having to having to stop every hour on a twelve hour drive and then spending an hour in the bathroom. Dude. Makes for not a great drive. We didn't know what he had driving home, so I was in I was in a huge panic. And obviously with some of his past medical stuff, I was like really worried. And then he started dry heaving in the car. Like he was trying to throw up and he couldn't. And I was, I was like in full panic. And then, yeah, got there. And I was actually in a weird way. I was really grateful. It was a kidney stone. And then obviously he, he wasn't. Yeah. But it was funny though. The person in the ER was like, uh, Oh, your birthday was yesterday. So it was mine. And my dad didn't care. <laughs> He's just like, Hey man, I need some help. Are they keeping him at the hospital? No, he went home. Okay. He just got to pass it by himself? Yeah. It was, uh, I think if it's like over a six millimeter or something, then they'll do surgery or try to zap it. But his is four or something. Like, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's under. So. Yeah. I was just, uh, we were just talking about this right before we went live, but it's kind of impressive how much pain you're in. And when you actually pass it and see how small the kidney stone actually is, the fact that, that a thing that small causes that much pain. Yeah. Kind of impressive. Hey, I know that we've joked about this before, but I've had five or six different women in the last 24 hours tell me that they thought it was as bad, as bad as having a baby. Like, I, I don't know, because obviously I've never had a baby, but obviously there, there's a there's a size difference 
Yes. The thing that's coming out of you. One's yep. microscopic and causes a ton of pain. And one's like a, like a human being in life that's coming out of you. Yeah. So there's a, there's a pretty significant size difference. So although I don't know what it feels like to have a baby, I'm, a, I'm still assuming that that's more painful than a kidney stone. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I just can't imagine having a baby. I think that sounds way worse. I guess at the end of a baby though, you get to have a baby and at the end of a kidney stone, you get a souvenir. You get a souvenir with the kidney stone because you can keep it. And so that's it's a little relic. A little necklace. Something that, something that you struggle through and you got past. That's a good point. That's a I, great point. I have both of my kidney stones in my little treasure box. Yeah. little treasure chest at home. Yep. I've, I've gotten to hold them. I'm just kidding. I, I don't have them. Yeah, good. I'm glad you don't. Because they're so small, you can barely even see them. The okay. First, what's, what's the, first the, one, the first one I didn't even pass. It was like so small. I don't know if it, I don't know if it like broke up inside of me. Well, came out or if it was so small that when I actually passed it, it was so small. I couldn't see it. The oh. second one, I actually passed it and I saw it and it was tiny, no. tiny, tiny. What's the weirdest thing you've kept in your whole life? The worst thing I've kept, man, I'm, I'm kind of a borderline hoarder. Okay. Um, so I, I don't really know. I always, I don't keep anything that's super weird, but I just keep things that are unnecessary to keep. You know what I kept for about almost, maybe almost 10 years? Maybe five. Worse. My first mustache. Oh, oh, I did keep my dreads for a while. Yeah, I shaved my first mustache um, into uh, the back. Emily just said you kept your dreads. Yeah, I uh, when I cut off my dreads, I put them. I put them in like a, a gallon size Ziploc bag and kept them for a while, and then I matured and found a beautiful woman, and um, she made me realize that it was not um, like the most mature thing to do to keep dreads. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not. But also, I kept my mustache, and I when I were talking about it, I'm like a little bummed I don't still have it to show Ellie later. Yeah. Yeah, I saw pictures of me and Dredd, so I still have that to show if Walker's ever like, That's a good point. Hey, do you ever have Dreads? I doubt, I doubt he's ever going to ask that, but in case he does, I can show him pictures. I can't show him the actual Dreads. But he might. He might. I, I don't know. But yeah, that, that might be, now that you brought up her mustache, that might be the, the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's a very weird thing to keep. I um, did, uh, well, I didn't necessarily keep it, but um, my parents kept, when I was a kid, I loved like, this little Barney doll that you squeeze and then like screams at you. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's even technically a Barney. It's just a off brand Barney that looks like Barney. And it was made, it was made of that, like a uh, soft material. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember that. Um, but I still have that actually got it. We got it from my mom after Walker was born and now Walker plays with it. So Dude, I, I, can, I can still remember that noise. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of creepy. That's awesome though. I don't think I have any other weird stuff. I always always keep unnecessary stuff. And I'm like, I can like repurpose this stuff and make something cool out of it. Yep. But I never end up doing it. So I just have a bunch of stuff that's not necessarily weird, but just unnecessary to have. If you, now, didn't, if you didn't repurpose it during quarantine, you're never going to repurpose it. Yeah, that's true. And I haven't, yeah. Um, okay. So last week we were, we talked about, 
the things that annoyed us most. So episode seven, we went through all the things that people did that annoyed us most. And people submitted stuff. We went through those. Um, this week, I asked the question, what are things that people do that bring you joy? And people submitted on Instagram, Facebook. I have not looked at them because I didn't want to sway myself. So I'm a little nervous that what I'm going to say, what you're going to say, and what people are going to say is just going to be on complete. I feel like it's. I feel like when you ask the question, what annoys you most, it's very pointed. But I feel like when you say what brings you joy, it's a lot wider um, of a lens. So it'll be interesting what what we come up with. Yeah. Do you have, do you have some? Um, yeah. I don't necessarily like have a list of things, but I basically just have like thoughts jotted down okay. kind of super quick. Cause again, we don't, we don't, we don't do a great job of, of planning this podcast. So a lot of it's just like off the top. Yeah. Um, I think you sent me, I think you posted this a while ago. I don't, I don't know a while ago, but like yesterday or this morning or something, you posted the question. Um, but then you, you texted it to me at, at two forty-five. Yeah, a, a little bit ago. So I, I just jotted some quick stuff down. Um, what's your do what? What's your first one? What 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 is something that people do that bring you joy? My first one is it's probably obvious, and it's not something that people do. It's something that um, like a specific person does, and it's when Walker just looks you in the eyes and he smiles. The same Walker smile. And, um, like a lot of times, I don't know, you're like, am I, am I parenting right? Am I like, yep. um, does, does this dude like me? Does he, does he love me? And he'll look at you and just smile. And that's it, man. It's the most joyous thing ever. And then watching him and smile and play with Emily and how much he loves Emily. That's probably number one on my list. And I know it's not like, um, something that a lot of people do. It's like a very specific what my child does. Yep. But that's probably for sure number one right now for me is yeah, when your kid looks at you and smiles. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great answer. And I'm actually somewhat embarrassed that I don't have that even remotely on my list. Well, you're, you're thinking more broad. Yeah. Probably. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So okay, I'm just gonna, I don't have an order to any of these. So I'll just kind of go through them. But uh, my first one is like random gifts. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not really like my love languages. Gifts isn't one. I don't really care about gifts that much, but it's super like life giving when somebody like says something that they like, like I like Dr. Pepper or, um, you know, I want this thing or whatever. And then somebody else gets it for them or they surprise them with a new car or whatever. Those videos kill me. Yeah. Um, but I think random gifts are cool. I actually just thought about this. Um, we have a group home in our neighborhood. And one of the kids from the group home came over to our house last night and knocked on the door and opened the door. And he asked if, if he could have a Dr. Pepper. And so I was like, let me go check. And I was like, hey, man, we don't have one. But I'm going to go to the store in a minute and I'll get you one. And so he was like, he was like so excited. Man. He threw his hands up and he just like sprinted off. He was like hyped. And so um, Katie went to the store and she got a Dr. Pepper. She said when she got out of the car, she just like held it up and he came sprinting down the road and got it from her. I was like so excited, gave her a hug and then ran off. Well, about 15 minutes later, there was a knock on the door and he was like standing there and he said, hey, I want to give this to your daughter. 
Um, and he just had this, like, it was basically a metal from a track meet. It was like a Burke relay track meet. And uh, I was like, oh, man, why do you want to give it to my daughter? And he said, because she's a champion and she deserves this. And, like, he was so excited to give it to me. And I closed the door and just started crying because it was the sweetest thing ever. Um, but, yeah, it was just like, I think it's just things like that where that dude is so innocent and so caring that he was so thankful that we thought to get him something that he just wanted to return the gesture. And it just meant the world to me. This is the best gift I've gotten in years. Yeah. And also, well, Ellie, I get it. Also, we're in a in a group that likes to do the whole go around in a circle and gift the person with what you see in them, which is a nightmare for me. Yep. I always hate when like I'm just hanging out and all of a sudden it's like, all right, time to time to gift somebody this. But what I've learned is it's super good for me to gift somebody, even though it, like is not comfortable for me to do all the times. And it's also super good for the person being gifted. Yeah. So it's like, oh, gosh, we got to do this again. I found that most of the time, um, even if I'm like the person gifting the other person, I look at what I see in them, it turns out to be good for me as well. Yeah. So it's a di different type of gift, but I think it's good. That was my second part of this gift. So that's perfect. Oh, were you about to talk about that? Yeah, but that's perfect. I mean, like, like that's the... Sometimes it's physical and sometimes it's just like someone's words or telling yeah. you we call it gifting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would, as far as like bringing me joy, I think it wouldn't be as much a physical gift, but um, those words yeah, um, that bring me joy, which, which the affirmations and stuff do bring me joy. It's not on my list, but that for sure does bring me, bring me joy. What's your second one? Um, I'm trying to like, Siphon through this to see. It's always so. Always enjoy, and I don't. I don't think this has always been in me, but I think some like past five years, it's it's been brought out in me. But like watching somebody like accomplish something that they've trained for their whole life. So watching people win a, the Olympics. Um, lately, it's been watching people win Survivor. I've talked to you about how I've just been watching old seasons of Survivor during quarantine. Um, but just seeing people that you know have put so much into something and they finally like achieve all the things that they put into that. Um, that brings you so much joy and it like, I don't know, just makes me super emotional. I don't know if, that, if that's, uh, I just get emotional because of age or I don't know. Yeah, so that's been something fairly new. That's why I think we've, we've talked about this before, like how we used to – like the best player for any team that was not on the team that we rooted for, we always hated. But now I enjoy that player because I know they've put so much – they've dedicated so much of their life to that, and they are, like, accomplishing what they've put so much work into. So I, like, respect that so much now, and it brings me – it brings me joy when I get a um, – watch them receive that medal on the podium or watch them uh, lift the trophy at the end of the season or whatever it may be. Yep. That's on my list. Also along with that, I have um, written down raw emotion. I love watching raw emotion come out of people. And that a lot of, a lot of times it comes out um, when they achieve this thing that they've worked on their whole life and where they have like some huge um, thing that they just accomplished. 
Yeah. Um, so I just enjoy watching raw emotion. Sometimes it's in the form of tear, tear. Sometimes it's in the form of um, sentences that they can't necessarily put together during an interview because they're just so filled with emotion that they don't know what to say. Uh, so just raw emotion. I love seeing that as well. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. My, my other one was uh, the same as that is like master. So watching someone master a craft. Yeah. Like seeing somebody that's just so good at something. Um, I don't know. Like I think maybe this MJ, this MJ documentary has got me so messed up in all areas of my life, but I don't know. Just seeing like the work. I think it was the, if this isn't a spoiler, cause this already happened and everyone already knows, but like seeing the clip of him rolling on the ground, crying the first oh, yeah. he won after his dad died. Yeah. Um, like, broke me. yeah, it just broke me last night just because I was like, man, you get to see these guys, these athletes or business people or whatever you get to see, like when they get the award or they win the championship, you don't, you don't get to see like the 6am grind in the gym. You don't get to see all like the work put in. And, uh, I think when you can appreciate that, it's like the coolest thing ever. It brings me so much joy to see somebody, you can be the best mom um, the best at making, you know, crafts, the best basketball player, but like seeing someone master a craft and watching them in their element is so life-giving because they are created to do that. They're doing it with excellence. And then you get to share in it. It's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. One of my favorite things. Yeah. Also yeah. put here in my side things, which was kind of the same as this, but like when someone shares their passion with you, so like if someone's really big into fishing and you get to go fishing with them and you like, like you, when someone loves to do something and they radiate it and you get to be around it, even if you don't like it, I've watched sports with people that I don't even care about or like listen to a song that I don't care about, but someone's so passionate about it. And, uh, it's so cool. Or like when you listen to a song that somebody wrote with them, there's something special about it. You're like, Oh man, like you process this differently. I don't know. I think someone sharing their gifts with you is pretty dope. Yeah. And I kind of have another one that goes along with that, and it's the, it's the underdog. I know we're both a fan of the underdog, but just seeing the amount of joy when the clock hits zero and, and the underdog just won, and just seeing them not know how to celebrate. So, again, their, their raw emotions take over. They just beat the, the Goliath and the underdog, man. There's nothing better than the underdog. Yep. Especially when the underdog, like – achieves the upset yeah oh yeah one of the most joyous things ever that was one of the things when you start when you say the words like raw emotion in that mj documentary how many times did, did somebody beat the bulls and then right afterward the raw emotion kicks in and they say something bad about jordan which then comes back to hurt them but that's the raw emotion like you're in it you feel you feel like you've conquered the world and then you yeah. say something and i think that's where people should get more grace like when they, when all these athletes are like forced to speak right after a major game and the people are shocked and they say something dumb, it's like they're processing this as you are. Yeah. And, and they're processing like the, like the grandest achievement in their life, like what they've been working for their whole life. So obviously there's going to be a lot of emotion, a lot of like almost shock. So yeah, I, I love those interviews. Yeah. Even sometimes they're incoherent. I love them. Yeah, they're just saying whatever can come out of them, whatever like energy they have left in their body is just coming out of them. James, James Winston. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that dude didn't say any sentences, but uh, he just won the national championship. Like, I don't know. I think there's something cool. I think that's probably why I love like listening to podcasts because it's somebody's raw thoughts, not filtered. 
And uh, I think there is something special about not being right, but being authentic. That's, uh, that's pretty dope. Also, also going back to the, the MJ documentary, um, I think it was the most recent episode. And it was just, I think it was like a regular season game that dude, I don't remember his name for the, the Blitz. BJ Armstrong. Do what? BJ Armstrong. No, that was, it was like right after that clip of BJ Armstrong. And there's some random dude for the like Washington Bullets had a good regular season game against them. He scored like 37 points. And then apparently, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about, he was talking about the BJ Armstrong thing and then they went back. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, he, like, after his good game, and again, it was a regular season game. Apparently, after the game, he said, Good game, Mike. And then <laughs> apparently, he never said that. Mike just made that up. So he would have something that would fuel him the next game, which their next game was at home against them. They had like back to back games against the Bullets in the regular season. And then Mike was like, I'm going to score however many points he scored during the whole game in the first half. And he did. <laughs> Dude, that guy, that guy just needed to be, it needed it to be personal. Yeah. I, I kind of appreciate it and hate it all at the same time. But when you win, you win. Yeah. What's your third one? Um, let's see. If you don't have five, that's fine. No, I think I have more than five. I'm trying to group some of these because, again, I just have, like, notes jotted down. Oh, this this might be a short one. It was Make-A-Wish Things. Oh. Those are those are kind of the, west, the, the worst, but bring me so much joy at the same time. So I think anytime uh, you, you kind of already mentioned this, like it's almost the same as the the gifting somebody. Like somebody mentions that they want something, and then you kind of go out of your way to provide it. And this is just kind of like a like a scale up. Like some dude who some person who's had fallen hard times, whether it's like disease or um, poverty or lost a family member, they have like this wish, and then a celebrity athlete, whoever makes that wish happen and usually they're like pretty grand wishes but watching those um 30 for 30s or whatever they are the specials on espn of the make-a-wish things oh, good. the work yeah. yeah the work they're kind of the worst but they bring me they bring me a lot of joy it's also those clips of uh like people that are coming back from deployments Oh yeah, those two. Our kids. It's just like, oh, man, so much yeah. depth to that. Yeah, and the, in those situations, my joy is displayed as just tears rolling down my face. Yeah, it's never good. You don't want to. You don't want to sit with a group of friends and watch this. Yeah, it's for sure. Be a weird, a weird process. And one after that is a good heckler brings me joy. Okay, because there's so many bad hecklers. When you're at a game and there's a bad heckler. It's like the yeah. opposite of bringing you joy. Yeah. And there's a good heckler. It's so joyful to watch them. And it's, like, listen, it's a craft. It is a craft. You have to know, like, some things, like, or I think what most people, their initial reaction to heckle is the wrong thing to heckle. You've got to find something funny, like something they're wearing that's ridiculous or something about their name. Or you have to find something that's funny and stick with it. Whereas a lot of people just start, like, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of hecklers, they just start yelling stuff that's not true. And a lot of it's uh, about the delivery. A good heckler has a great delivery. Yeah. And I think it, I think it just makes everybody around them 
like appreciate the game they're watching a lot more. Yep. So good hecklers bring me joy. Yep. They may not uh, bring the the person that are heckling joy. They might. I, th- I think I think if you're a player and you're being heckled by a good heckler, I think I think it brings the player joy. It would it would bring it would personally bring me joy. So you got like some interaction in the game. It's yep. just like a new facet of the game. How many times? I mean, th- we were out there. Um, how many times at Ranger Stadium that the right fielder or whatever would react to us? Yeah, and it would become like a back and forth, and it's just fun. Like it's not personal. Yeah, I mean sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Usually when it becomes personal, though, you you like switch over from being a good heckler to a bad heckler, though. Yeah, yeah. as soon as it gets personal, um, unless yeah, it's gonna get bad. But it yeah. can still be funny, but it's also not good. Yeah, I think the um, I don't, I don't, I don't heckle a lot. This one game, I was at, I was at this Rangers Astros game with with Emily, and this was like 2015, 16. It was a while. It was a while ago. Um, but this dude was heckling this Astros fan that was sitting beside us was heckling uh, Belfry the whole game. And we somehow this uh, this game, we got super good seats. We were like down behind home plate and to the right a little bit. So we were like on the first level. And this dude was um, heckling Beltre the whole time. And just saying like the most nonsensical stuff ever. And I was like biting my tongue for most of the game. And I started chirping back at him, at the heckler. Um, this, this guy was a bad heckler. I felt like in this situation, I was a good heckler because I was heckling the, the bad heckler. I wasn't heckling a player, um, but he was just heckling Beltre the whole game, just nonsensical stuff about how bad he was and how good the Astros were. And this was like at the time when the Astros still weren't good. And like it got, this kind of went on for, this went on for like several innings. And then it's either the bottom of the ninth or it went to extra innings. And my favorite player, Rugnet Odor. <laughs> He's not my favorite player, but um, Rugi got up in the bottom of the ninth or tenth if it went to extra innings. And there was the Rangers were it was tied. There was a guy on first. I think there was two outs. Rugi got up and slapped a ball to left field off the wall. And I just saw the ball, like right when it left his bat, I started walking over <laughs> to the guy that was heckling. And by the time it hit the wall, guy was rounding third, about to score to win it. I was just like screaming in this guy's ear. It's like, woo! <laughs> and then, yeah. So, yeah, that brought me a lot of joy. Oh, I realize heckling sometimes is bad for me whenever, like, on the drive down there, I'm looking up, like, personal info about that person. Yeah. I remember, like, those MSU games. Like we we would sit over there like on court side in the MSU basketball games and we would just roast people. Yeah. Oh man, that's one of my favorite stories of you. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's, uh, a, that's like one of the few times Ruby came through for me. He always comes through for me. That's my buddy. That and him punching Batista in the face. That was another yeah. good time he came through. Yeah, that's all he needed. For those yeah. moments to be a legend. Yeah, for sure. Um, my next one is probably my most important one. And the thing that brings me the most joy, it just, it's more of a personal, like one-on-one, but I've always said for me personally, like, I don't like networking. Like I don't ever want to walk in the, I don't, my goal is never to walk in a room and be known or to know every single person in the room. 
Like my goal is to walk in the room and know a few people in the room really well. Like that's important to me. And so I think one of the things that brings me joy is like when hearing somebody say like, tell me your story um, and like gets to know somebody deeply. I think there's something so important about like depth versus width. And I think that's where like real joy comes in is when you intimately know somebody and you know the good, the bad about them and you still love them and you still like them. But like it's been, there's been so many times like we've been somewhere, a party, hanging out with people and like hearing someone be like, hey, tell me your story. I don't know about you. And like getting to hear someone share their story for the first time is super cool. Um, and I, I'm surprised talking to people who are like 40, 50, 60, who have never like told someone their story, like their life story, what's going on in their life, where they're from. They told bits and pieces. But like for someone to have like the stage to share their time um, is super cool to me. And so I don't know. I'm just really big on knowing groups of people really well versus just being like somebody that people know. I just, I don't, I just don't see a ton of value in it. Um, and so that brings me a lot of joy is like one, getting to know people deeply, but also watching people process together. I think it's like the dopest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. That's not on my list, but for sure agree with it. Um, Let's see. Oh, I should probably hit on this since I just uh, talked about Beltray, but watching people you can tell um, are absolutely finding joy in what they do. And I think you already talked about this. Is this what you just talked about? No. You already talked earlier. Um, um, yeah, people who you can tell who are great at what they do, but they also you can tell that they absolutely love what they do. Yeah. And this is why Adrian Beltray is one of my favorite athletes ever in the history of sports because you could tell every day that he was a, one of the best third basemen ever but you could tell that he just loved being out on the diamond every day like him him and watching him and elvis together when they played together was some of the mo- most joyful baseball watching of my life yep and watching watching him like um pull like the on deck circle closer behind home plate and then yeah. toss out the game for it the amount of joy that the that the dude uh, played with brought me a ton of joy. So anytime somebody you can tell they're they're super good at what they do, but also they absolutely love what they do brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, that's a good one. So um, while we're kind of talking about the Rangers. Yeah, better throw that one real quick. Greatest sports franchise of all time. Um, uh my second to last one is like it can this is like a really broad word but like seeing somebody sacrifice for someone else like seeing somebody like either give up money time energy and usually you don't get to hear about it as much but like with the rare occurrence you get to see somebody stop on the side of the road and sacrifice their money or you know their time to help someone get gas or to help them fix their car um I don't know. Just seeing people go without so that other people can go with. Um, it's like a really broad topic, but it's easily one of my favorite things that brings me joy, especially when you don't hear about it from the person. You either get to see it firsthand or you hear about it from the person that affected. It's cool to get to hear someone like like share a story about how someone changed their life. And so, um, yeah, when someone's wanting to drop what they're doing or what they have so someone else can eat or live or I mean, we've seen it so many times in our community where 
tragedy happens and everybody stops what they're doing, where they are, and they meet up and they make sure that person's taken care of. Um, it's one of my favorite things. So, yeah. so I, have, I have a sticking up for the, the little guy on my list and little guys like a broad term um, for just anybody who's going through anything or anybody who's on like the, the outskirts of society, um, people who stick up for, for them. That's on my list. Yeah. And then I also have um, people who have grace slash patience towards other people. Yep. And this is basically like the antithesis of the number one on my what annoys me, the impatience uh, on last week's episode. Um, we talked about like at restaurants and anybody who like shows grace or patience. A lot of times it happens at restaurants towards like a waitress or waiter. Um, yeah, that brings me a lot of joy to you. So, like, anytime somebody makes a mistake, obviously, um, when they make like an unintentional mistake, not like being super mad or jumping on them or wanting, like, trying to find a manager so you can leave a um, a review of the the employee, but having grace and uh, patience towards that person. Yeah, that's a good one. It brings me a lot of joy. So it kind of that kind of uh, goes with what you just said. Yeah. My, uh, my last one is my probably it, if I wasn't trying to be like, holy it would have probably been the first one on my list. Um, and not everybody has this gift. It's not for everybody, but the people that do have it, it's one of my favorite things. It brings me the most joy But yo, if you can make me laugh, like if you're funny, like not like just like just every once in a while, like you're inherently funny. I think there's so much joy for me in comedy, like in like being able to heckle, to roast, to turn situations that are dark and heavy into like light and fun. I sent y'all last night a text uh, of a comedy special that just came out on YouTube from Martin Norman. And it's like, it's so funny because um, it's so real world. But I, I don't know, like whether it be like actual stand up comedy or a movie, but like even just people. I don't know. There's something I like the depth of life. I like the hard stuff. I like working through the good and the bad of people, but there's nothing better than just laughing and giggling like a kid with a group of people. It's the best thing on earth. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. And that's why I like roasting people. Like it's why like I'm somewhat sarcastic is life's already hard. So if we can find a loophole to make it funny and to make people laugh, I'm going to try to find it. Now, sometimes it's going to bomb. And it's not going to be good. Yeah, um, usually, usually when you roast me, it just brings me down. It just discourages me. I don't take it as a joke. Yeah, well, you, you should grow up. You know, that's what I'm thinking, dude. And you know what? Now we're going back to the things that annoy me. Um, I'm just kidding. You have anything yeah. else on your list? Um, I don't think so. Let's see. This is the sloppiest list, sloppiest notes I've ever written down. So. I said, I said one of the other ones I said that wasn't on my final list, but like when people put their phone down, like seeing people with their phones face down talking to each other brings me a lot of joy. I know that's like used to be a bigger deal, but now like I love it. I love seeing people like just talking and hanging yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I think my I think my list is complete. It's probably not complete. There's other, obviously there's other things that bring me joy. Um, as far as this, this episode is complete. 
let's see if uh, anybody. I'm gonna look at some of the submissions. I'll see if any of these are ring any bells. Um, somebody said compliments go a long way. That's a good one. Speaking that into existence. Somebody said be vulnerable. Seeing someone being vulnerable. Um, babies. When a friend calls or texts to see how I'm doing, dinner with friends, let's bring joy. Um, when I see someone helping a complete stranger, that's a good one. We've pretty much covered most of these. Yeah. Let me check this other list and see if I'm missing any that are different. Uh, when someone just smiles and says hi. What do you, what do you, do you ever do that in places? Do you ever just smile and say hi to people or you have your head, head down? Um, sometimes I say hi to people, but my face is probably like my normal face. So it's probably not a smile. <laughs> so, I get like, I'll, I get like half credit for that, I guess. And that Mark Norman special I sent you, I thought about you and I was I almost ripped a clip just to send it to you because I know you won't watch the whole thing. But he said in there, like people have pair, like when they jump out of an airplane, they have an instructor to teach them how to do that. He's like, why don't they have instructors for like a dinner party? Yeah, that's what I need. So I can have somebody that like goes with me to be like, Hey, don't say that your face looks like you're unhappy. It's like coaching you through it. Yeah. I should need, I should need somebody there to, to feed me conversation topics. <laughs> I mean, after you've gone through the weather and Texas Rangers baseball, I don't think there's anything left to talk about. Yeah. I just got to pray that somebody at the dinner party um, enjoys Texas Rangers baseball. Yeah, then you're good. That's three hours yeah. right there. Yeah, or baseball yeah. in general. I think one of my biggest pet peeves that also does bring me joy is when like, I get caught in a conversation with somebody because I get caught in a lot of small talk and I'm not good at it. And I immediately just like lock up and I'm like, man, the weather's crazy this week. That's the worst. That's every time somebody is walking your groceries out of United. I bet you hate carrying these out here when it's so hot. Man, looks like it's going to rain later. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, the worst conversations. Yeah. But as you get as you get older, those are actual conversations you have about the weather. Yeah. And if you have super annoying dogs like we have, one that's afraid of storms, it comes a uh, legitimate conversation. It comes a le legitimate topic, not a small talk. Topic. Yeah. I did have a, uh, an idea this week. I think we should sell our kayaks and we should go in together and buy a, um, they make these really dope inflatable boats. You're in the inflatable stuff. You're inflatable hot tub. The inflatable hot tub was really cool. And I'm going to buy another one. The inflatable boat, we can get into it for under 1500 with a motor. It's got two seats on it. What's under 1500 mean? Like 1499? No, it's 1500. Oh, I mean like 14, yeah, 1499 and change, but we can get into it and then we can travel wherever we want. And then if you don't have a place to put it, you just deflate it. But then you got to blow it back up. Yeah, but it comes with a high powered pump. Okay. I think you got to think about it, man. But kayaks are so versatile. Yeah. Well, you my, can, kayak, you, my can kayak, you can basically take them anywhere as well. You might have to like take up a lot of room, the bed of your truck or strap them on top of your car or whatever, but you can basically take them anywhere as well. Yeah. And they're smaller too. Um, I did get out in my kayak on the last day or the last night and 
I was trying to fish over in this brush and it was the first day I put my anchor down and I, like the wind was blowing like so hard. I finally got stable. I was fishing and then I was like, okay, um, something feels weird. So I was going to pull my anchor up to move it. And then I couldn't get my anchor out. And so I had to let out the line far enough where I could get to the shore. And then I basically had to swim out there hoping like my kayak was close enough that it wouldn't flip and reach down and try. I was like up to like right here in the water feeling for how to get my anchor out. That sounds like you were doing a survivor challenge. Yeah. And I passed cause I got it out, but I also was super frustrated. <laughs> uh, apparently uh, out here at the old Lake Wichita, there's a, there's like an algae bloom going on right now. That's killing a lot of fish. Yeah, I saw pictures of the whole bank, and there's just all dead fish. Yeah, it's not it's not like the the golden algae or whatever it was that a few years ago was killing everything. Apparently, it's a natural thing that happens. That's just like toxic to fish. But apparently, it's just like a like a cycle thing that it happens every few years. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. Gonna, I'm gonna say no. You know what? I'm about to get up. I'm about to pick up all these dead fish and hold them up and take a picture and tell you I caught them all though. That's fine, man. That picture of my dad's fish, man, that thing, that thing was all there. Yeah, that thing, that thing is pretty huge. How long did it take him to reel it in? He, uh, he was kind of struggling a little bit, um, to, to get it at first, but his, <laughs> it was one of the first fish he'd caught and his drag was like all the way down and it was just going, <gasps> like he just like could, he was like reeling, like wasn't going anywhere. Uh, he was also like only on 10 pound line. And he was like, but he got it in somehow. But I heard him yelling, get the net, get the net. And I thought he was just messing with me because he'd been catching these little small fish. And then had him a big catfish. That's probably why he's got a kidney stone from straining from reeling that fish in. I think that's probably what it is. We I haven't looked into it, but we're going to try it. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up, man. What's your wow? What's your word of wisdom? Um, mm. I also forgot to mention this to you. Yesterday... Um, Emily and I went out to the park and we bought like an outdoor, um, basketball and then apparently Walmart has no good wiffle ball set. So I bought like this foam bat and foam ball set and one, she whipped me at horse. Of course. Pretty bad. Um, I told Walker not to tell his friends that his mom beat, uh, his dad at basketball, but now I just told whoever's listening and whoever rewatches this, um, but then also, I did not hit her in the face with the the foam baseball when we were playing baseball. So, forgot to mention that to you, but I felt like that's a pretty important life update. Well, I think you know that would have been a better time to hit her in the face with a foam ball versus the yeah, baseball. it sure would have been better. Um, but you know what? I didn't hit her in the face, so that's, that's a win. You know what? You're going to earn trust back one pitch at a time. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, a word of wisdom. Let's see. What do I got for the peeps today? Hmm. Let me go first. Yeah, you go first. I'm thinking. Um, yeah, my word of wisdom is pretty clear and pretty much going through this list of what you and I created for the things that uh, people do that bring us joy. A lot of it came down to people's identity and people operating as themselves. And so not just like watching a Gary V video or trying to be like Mike, but like 
Mike was Mike because Mike was Mike. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the dumbest deep quote I've ever said. But like not trying to be like someone else or replicate what someone else is doing or finding the right algorithm, but like authentically being yourself is like what brings other people around you joy. Like getting mm-hmm. to see Mike Trout be Mike Trout, being Beltre be Beltre, um, and getting to see like people operate as themselves um, is one of the coolest things ever. And so if you don't know who you are, I think it's worth the time to figure it out and then find the things you love to do that you're good at and do it well as much as you can. Uh, and if you're not being you, um, then quit posting on Instagram so much. You know, Quit taking selfies and try to figure out who you are. So, yeah, that's mine. Find you and be you. Um, I think I got mine. So I think a lot of times, um, I think a lot of like deep down inside of a lot of people is like a desire to bless other people. And I think um, to know like what brings people joy and to like know what they need at the time, you got to be willing to listen. Um, so I think just listen to people, um, although you might not, like agree with them and everything they do, like listen to them, like hear them out. And um, you'll probably learn something about them that will lead to a way that you can bless them or bring them joy. Um, So I think, I think listening is a a huge thing that people aren't necessarily great at. I think a lot of, a lot of times people are just looking for the next topic to talk about instead of like listening and digging into deeper into like a specific topic or conversation piece. So just having the ability and the willingness to listen to people, I think it can um, not only make your conversation better, but it can lead uh, you to figure out ways that you can bless other people. That's a good one. Yeah. When you go fishing, I'm upset. I already already caught 10 fish. There's dead on the shore right now. I still remember we need to get the kayaks, load them up, and we need to go, I don't know, maybe five to ten miles from your house. Probably not ten. But the Little Wichita River going south is looks perfect. Okay. I pulled over and looked at it the other day, and it looks. Is that is that where we used to go? Like off uh, Barnett okay. Road or wherever that is? No, no. It's right off. What's the road that runs in front of Lakeside City? Bowman? Is that the major road? Highway 79? Highway 79, yes. So it's it's opposite. So instead of going back to Wichita from 79, go south, and it's the best. Like, it's a it's probably three, I don't know, maybe five miles. I don't know. It might be right after, right before Scotland. But okay. there's a, right off this bridge, you'll see the little Wichita, and it, it, it looks like a perfect place we could drop our kayaks in and destroy. Okay. I'm down. So... They got any bass in there? No, nah, it's probably all dirty fish. You know that one time we kayaked in the Wichita River and we saw that deer stranded and it was the saddest thing ever. Yeah, it was stranded on like an island and it was just covered in bugs, just getting eaten alive. Yeah, and it was super skinny. That was that was super sad. Yeah. And literally nothing we could do. We we're gonna throw it in the kayak and take it home. Yeah. We probably should have killed it. Yeah, but at that point. The only like means we had to kill it was our like, hands. Our hands were like beating it with a kayak paddle, which probably would have just made it suffer more. I may have had a fillet knife, which would have also been a really bad uh, way to go. 
Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if that flay knife would have been fun to try to chase him down with. Yeah. Also, don't know if you would have had to chase him down. I don't think if he had enough energy to run. Yeah. Also, he was on an island that was like a five foot by five foot island. Yeah, that's a good point. It would been pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I regret it. Hard, hard to end this on a bummer note. Hey, great news. Sports are back in the UFC. Um, baseball starting soon, maybe. Um, and we're still alive. Yeah. Still That's alive. We're still doing it. So hopefully my dad passes a kidney stone tonight. And uh, yeah, Hopefully it's quick for him. Mine, both of mine lasted like over a week. Yeah, too, way too long. Yeah, so hopefully he can pass that bad boy quick. Yeah, way too long. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, thanks for listening. Um, we, we do these live on Facebook, but we'd love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, Stitcher. Uh, give us a rating. Give us some feedback. We're going to continue to do these weekly. Uh, at some point in the future-ish, we'll be back in the studio. Um, we'll probably still do some podcasts like this because we like the interaction side. Um, and then we'll start getting guests back again. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. I've been scribbling words on a cocktail napkin, scratching a lucky strike ad madmen. My rapping is sorta old-fashioned, window shopping, hip-hop and mannequin. Roger to his Don Draper, we make songs, elevator music, rock to the PM Dawn, copping a new John, mocking your crew song, I'm dope in a pocket, plus hot with a suit on. We madmen.